I'm Jamila Rizvi and welcome to The Briefing. It's the latest news headlines to your headphones this Tuesday, 13 October. Today on The Briefing, Annika Smithhurst and I explain why one of the world's most celebrated authors, J.K. Rowling, has been cancelled. I got about three messages in one week from teenage trans kids saying that they were feeling suicidal and they were so heartbroken by you know, what had been said by J.K. Rowling. Before that, the big news stories of the day. And Annika, it's been a wild 24 (laughs) hours in politics. (laughs) Understatement of the year, Jamila. Yeah, huge day in politics. The New South Wales Premier is resisting calls to resign after explosive allegations of a close personal relationship with a former MP who is now facing a corruption inquiry. Hands down, this has been one of the most difficult days of my life. I'm an extremely private person and uh, without question, um, I stuffed up in my personal life. Yesterday, during a corruption inquiry hearing, Gladys Berejiklian was forced to admit that she'd been secretly dating her former colleague, Daryl Maguire, since 2015. And it only ended a few months ago. It turns out the relationship was going when he resigned under a cloud in 2018. The New South Wales opposition leader said it was shocking evidence and that the Premier needs to resign. And it seems that even the Prime Minister was caught off guard. The news uh, came today, which was a surprise to many people, uh, that has been revealed today. Look, I I have no knowledge of these matters. It's a matter that's before that commission. So far, though, Berejiklian's colleagues are standing behind her. A massive story in Victorian politics, too. The hotel inquiry has claimed another scalp, this time Victoria's most senior public servant, Chris Eccles. Eccles stepped down after his phone records showed that he did speak to then-Police Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton on the day the hotel quarantine system was established. In his evidence, Eccles had told the inquiry that he couldn't recall such a phone call. Annika, it was, I mean, it was a huge day in politics. Eccles had resigned before I'd had my morning coffee and then by lunchtime people (laughs) were saying the New South Wales Premier should go. Can Gladys Berejiklian survive this? I think she's in a bit of strife. Look, personally, I feel so bad for her. It was excruciating watching her stand up there, admitting to this relationship that she hadn't even told her family about. But... Look, it it really does go to her judgment and I think she will be under enormous pressure given the corruption allegations levelled at her former beau. I know this is never popular, but watching her yesterday, I felt I felt really sorry for her. I know it looks like the wrong thing's been done, but I I felt really sorry for her being grilled on her private life so publicly. And to Victoria, Annika, are we going to see more heads roll in the public service or even the ministry? Look, it's an interesting thing. When the head of your department goes under the Westminster system, you either knew what he was doing and you need to go or he was going out on his own. So still big questions to answer there for Daniel Andrews. There are now a number of MPs taking slightly different lines to what we're hearing them from the Victorian Premier, and that's very significant. So I think we're expecting more big news from Victoria in the coming days. Tinder has been accused of not responding to serious allegations that women using the app have been assaulted while on dates. Last night, the ABC's Four Corners program spoke to dozens of people who had experienced sexual harassment or assault on Tinder dates. 48 people told the ABC they'd reported the inappropriate or menacing behaviour to the app, but of those, less than a quarter actually heard anything back. 
One of those 48 women was Brooke. She alleges she was raped by a man she met on Tinder and that after the assault, her attacker then unmatched her, meaning she couldn't find him or report him. It's like they're sort of beating the system where they can just sort of reoffend almost and be matched with all these other new girls who don't have any idea of their sort of um, behaviours, which is just... It's heartbreaking, really, that all these girls are going through it. Yeah, another victim who spoke to Four Corners was Emily. Here's what she had to say about trying to report her attacker. I wrote down his name, I wrote down his age, I wrote down where he lived and said, this man is dangerous, this man is a threat and will hurt people if given the chance. And I just got an automated response, just a refresh of the page saying, thanks for submitting, and I never heard anything else. Eventually, the man who assaulted Emily was removed from the app, but only because other women reported him as well. Others who made reports say Tinder told them it took their report seriously. In a statement, the app said it was outraged that singles anywhere may experience fear, discomfort or worse when looking to meet someone special. And they said we will always work to improve our system and to make sure everyone on our app feels respected and safe. It was interesting, Annika, on the program last night, forensic Dr Janine Rouse told the ABC that she actually noticed a really big increase in the number of sexual assaults that are linked to these kind of dating apps over the last few years. And she mentioned that most of them that were reported to her happened on the first meeting and usually at the offender's house. The Prime Minister's car has been splashed with fake blood and tomatoes by activists protesting refugee detention during a visit to the University of Queensland. As you know, Jamila, always risky for politicians to rock up at a university campus. Look, Scott Morrison was visiting the university's COVID vaccine lab. He was ushered into a police car by a security team as dozens of activists watched on. Here's what the PM had to say afterwards. Well, I thought that was very disappointing. I was there today uh, to be both briefed on and to see and say thank you to the amazing Queensland scientists and researchers who are developing the vaccine here at the University of Queensland. Well, university protests sound exactly the same as when I was there 10 years ago, Annika. <laughs> yes, I must agree. Up next, we explain what on earth is going on with JK Rowling and why people are calling for her to be cancelled. J.K. Rowling is one of the most famous authors in the world. The Harry Potter series of books have sold more than 500 million copies and been translated into 80 languages. Potter isn't just a series, it's a phenomenon. Now, for those of you lucky enough not to be on Twitter, and that is most of the population, you might be confused as to why the world's most beloved children's author has become a figure of controversy. So let's break it down. Back in June, J.K. Rowling retweeted an opinion piece that used the phrase, people who menstruate. Rowling, who has millions of followers on Twitter, publicly took issue with the story not simply using the word women. J.K. added, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Uh, someone help me out. Wombin, wimpund, woman. So yeah, she questioned why the article didn't use the word women and instead chose to write people who menstruate. 
The sarcastic comments weren't received well. People who menstruate is a commonly used term in the trans community and many felt Rowling was mocking people who identify as a different gender to the sex they were born. Many of the most notable actors who have come out of the Harry Potter franchises are significantly distancing themselves from J.K. Rowling. So now J.K. has written a lengthy essay on her website where she says the trans community deserves protection and has her empathy. Uh, at the same time, I do not want to make natal girls and women less safe. Stars who distanced themselves included Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, who, along with fans, rapidly came to the defence of the trans community. Even Warner Brothers, who make the Harry Potter movies, issued a statement. But JK buckled down. She's since compared hormone therapy to conversion therapy and expressed concern young trans people are being pushed towards gender surgery against their best interests. Last month, J.K. Rowling released her newest book, Troubled Blood, about a serial killer who dresses as a woman in order to hunt and murder their victims. You won't be surprised to learn that hashtag RIP J.K. Rowling then began trending on Twitter. All of this hasn't affected sales, though. Troubled Blood, which she wrote under a pen name, sold almost 65,000 copies in just five days and remains on the bestseller lists. Sales of Harry Potter also jumped during lockdown. So what does this tell us about cancel culture and how quickly a thoughtless tweet can become worldwide news? And what does it mean for young trans people who love the Harry Potter series? Hayden Moon is a transgender activist and advocate, and they join us now. Hayden, thanks so much for joining us on The Briefing. Did you read the Harry Potter books growing up and were you a fan? I was a huge fan of Harry Potter. Um, I read all of the books multiple times. I have all the DVDs, still have them. So I was a huge fan. Hayden, for our listeners that might not be aware, can you explain a little bit about why that term, people who menstruate versus women, why that might be so offensive to people in your community? That tweet itself, uh, it was just very bioessentialist, um, which does harm our community because we're often... Can you often... explain what that is a little bit for people that might not sure, be aware? Sure, yeah. So bioessentialist is more focusing on um, the biology of people and using that to invalidate um, trans people and kind of, you know, assuming that uh, women are all biologically the same and that anyone who, you know, was assigned female birth and anyone who has a vagina and a uterus and um, all of those characteristics is a woman and anyone who says otherwise is, you know, incorrect and things like that. And it harms, you know, trans masculine people, but it also harms trans women and trans feminine people because it makes the assumption that they're not real women because of their biology. Hayden, do you think perhaps there are members of our community who've been more distressed and more upset by J.K. Rowling's tweets and her subsequent views in essays and the like because she's always presented herself as quite a progressive person. And even in those Harry Potter books, while there are elements of them that are questionable, the overall message is really one of inclusion and, and love. Does it kind of cut against what people enjoyed in her books, her views now? Yeah, absolutely. It's heartbreaking. Um, J.K. Rowling's written these books about love and acceptance and, you know, loving everyone for who they are and, you know, never never bullying anyone and never thinking negatively about anyone. And then she comes out and, you know, attacks a really vulnerable population and a really vulnerable group. Like, 
we are such a vulnerable community and we need all the support we can get and especially young trans people who look up to her you know when she did make these tweets as an advocate and activist in the trans community i got about three messages in one week from teenage trans kids saying that they were feeling suicidal and they were so heartbroken by you know what had been said by jk rowling and that that is the harm that can happen I guess just finally, I wanted to know how much you think this idea of cancel culture or I guess the hype around this tweet specifically and some of her comments online actually helped change a greater cause. A lot of people aren't on Twitter. A lot of older people don't even know who perhaps she is or haven't read Harry Potter. So what do you hope that this can actually achieve? Personally, I'm a big fan of assuming that people can learn and, you know, be educated and um, improve themselves. We have really been trying to educate her for a very long time and she just keeps pushing back with hate and refusing to, um, to acknowledge what we're saying and refusing to support our community and just continuing to harm us. And that's when it gets to a point where it's like, look, we've tried to educate you. We've tried to give you a chance. We've, you know, we, we, we've tried everything and you're continuing to harm us. So at this point, the best option to support our community is actually to deplatform her because if we don't do that, she's just going to continue harming us. Thanks so much for being with us, Hayden. We really appreciate you speaking about something so personal. Next, we're going to hear from Lauren Rosewarn. She's a senior lecturer in the School of Social and Political Sciences at the University of Melbourne. Now, Lauren says we have to remember that debates on Twitter aren't necessarily representative of what the broader public thinks. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell us, before we get to JK Rowling, what is cancel culture and does it work? It's really hard to define because it's used as a bit of a political football on both sides of the fence. But basically, it's using the social media, using the internet more broadly, but particularly social media, to sanction someone for perceived bad behaviour. Now, realistically, sometimes it can be about, you know, asking an employer to fire somebody in that kind of cancel, you know. But in the case of a writer, it would be about asking people not to to continue to purchase her works. So it's almost a kind of deplatforming of make or making somebody culturally irrelevant any longer. Yeah, one thing that actually strikes me about cancel culture is often it's an, almost an infighting within a group. J.K. Rowling is considered progressive on many causes, including she's a well-known feminist. So do you think this infighting is important or is it just giving the other side exactly what they want? Does it advance the cause these people want? So something progressives are very, very good at policing each other's behaviour. We're all a little guilty of it, where we hold each other to, un, uh, you know, standards that are just unachievable. And I think what this does is it means that it's very hard for us to coordinate <laughs> for bigger picture stuff, whereas the other side are actually much better at just shooting outwards, right, and they're much more disciplined. And this has always been the case, even in party politics. It just seems that conservatives are generally better at firing their missiles at their detractors rather than within. That aside, I think this is just one of those examples where 
the fractures in something like feminism are highlighted, right? Feminism, as much as we use that word as though it's this very broad tense, inside it there are actually people who have very different views on how equality is achieved but also what the root of oppression is. So you've got a older school type radical feminists such as J.K. Rowling, very much in line with the kind of Jermaine Greer second wave feminists who have a very biological understanding of both gender and oppression. Then you've got newer kind of postmodern feminists who see oppression from a number of different sources, who see oppression working with, you know, class and disability and a whole lot of other factors and see those and those two positions are rubbing up against each other. J.K. Rowling and feminists of her ilk have been really, really protective of women's only spaces as places that they've fought really hard for. Trans activists have started to say, well, gender is something that's a bit more fluid than that and that why can't a trans woman go into those spaces that you're so fiercely protecting given that I am to identify as a woman now? And so this type of conflict is happening very loudly on places including Twitter. That doesn't mean the rest of the world is interested, but it is certainly very loud on pockets of Twitter. So going back to the cause, though, How much does something like what's happened to J.K. Rowling or what's happened to the people she's upset, does this help the actual cause to get real-world change? You say that it's on Twitter and Twitter isn't the real world. I really love that. But how can we actually take this issue and make meaningful change? I don't have an answer for you on that, I'm afraid, because this is a struggle with um, with digital activism more broadly and how do you turn something that gets a lot of attention online into meaningful change? I think you're seeing conversations happen and as an academic I'll always say conversations are a good thing. Uh, but we've only been in this space, this kind of trans visibility space, for less than 10 years now. So I think that idea of getting culture more broadly on board is going to take a little bit longer simply because people whose lived experiences of it are their life, but broader society hasn't yet had that time to deal with it. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be frustrated and annoyed that it's taking so long, but everything in society does take time. Thanks so much for your time, Lauren. Any time at all. Thank you for having me. As Hayden highlighted, we know here in Australia, trans men and women experience higher rates of harassment, physical abuse, sexual abuse and suicide. And JK Rowling's comments were disappointing to many people in the trans community. And for those who did grow up loving the Harry Potter series, who are maybe feeling a bit uncomfortable or upset by Rowling's comments, please remember that those books and your reading of them, that's yours and yours only. You can keep loving and interpreting the stories in a way that's inclusive and empowering if you choose to. As one fan said online, if anything, Harry Potter has taught me that no one should have to live in a closet. But if this episode has brought up any issues for you, then you can reach QLife, the National LGBTIQ Plus Counselling Service on 1800 184 527 or call Lifeline on 13 11 14. You're not the first to survive a pandemic. Tomorrow we hear the stories of courage, survival and resilience from those who have done this before. 
Subscribe to us at Podcast One Australia or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the briefing, the best way to support us is to tell a friend about us. You can stay in touch with us at The Briefing Podcast on Instagram for all the latest headlines. Why not tag us in a pic to show us where you're listening from? A Podcast One production.